Well, fuck. Hello, people, humans, everybody across the earth, even the extraterrestrials that might be listening in, because we recorded a little bit of this earlier, but you know what happened? I fucking didn't hit the button, I guess, or... We've got sticky buttons over I here. double tapped. I gave it the double old tap. non-zombie double tap. Is there such a thing? I don't know. I guess I did. <laughs> but that led us on a strew, and what you might have missed out on was a little bit of talk of extraterrestrials, a little bit of talk of religion, a little bit of talk of God, a little bit of talk of psychedelics. And the screwball sword. whiskey. And screwball whiskey. Yeah, we started with a screwball whiskey story because Nick introduced me to the peanut buttery goodness. It's like a Butterfinger with a firecracker. It's a little bit insane. Yeah, it's, it's a little different. bit dangerous. It's different. You and really watch yourself when you're on the screwball whiskey. When he introduced it to me, I think last no, last week you got me. Or the last two weeks ago you got me with the fucking old fashions. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Old puke off my portions. Yeah. It was bad news bears. Yeah, you puked that night, huh? Yeah, and I didn't even try to do anything fun with my wife. I just went straight to bed. Yeah. I puked a lot. Did you? Yeah, a lot, a lot. Because <laughs> I puked up all the cider I drank, and then all the whiskey. Ooh. And it burned. Oh, that was a horrible burp. Ooh. And it burned. Dude, speaking of grossness, last night I guess I farted in yeah. bed. Well, I woke up, I remember farting, because I, I pulled the covers yeah. off my ass, and I farted. <laughs> and it so it fu- wouldn't be under the covers? Yeah, so it wouldn't be You're under the covers. such a gentleman. I was. But it was bad, dude. Yeah. And my wife woke up and was like, it was oh, so oh. bad it woke her up. Yeah, and she gagged. <laughs> She gagged, and I laughed and went back to sleep. And she told me about it today. And she's like, you know, you farted so bad last night that I woke up and gagged. And I was like, yeah, I know. Was, I, I was up. <laughs> yum yums. Yes, yum yums. It was a beautiful fucking night. I was going to tell another poop story, too. A poop story? Yeah, I have so many poop stories. Because we, we went over that one poop story where I pooped at the school, and it ended yeah. up in the locker. Yeah. And I was going to tell a poop story about the time I pooped on this girl's car, but I didn't think it was that entertaining. And maybe we shouldn't start with that. Flatulence being so... I think there's a poop button on here. <laughs> nope, that's a laugh button. That's a laugh button. There is a poop button somewhere, so... Oh, that's so sad. That's so sad. No, we'll get serious. But earlier, we were talking about stuff. You went in with the peanut butter whiskey story. You want to tell that story again? I think oh, we'll, yeah, yeah, the peanut butter whiskey yeah, story. Yeah, what, what happened with that? So peanut butter whiskey, it's called screwball. It's very dangerous. So, yeah. So one time I was, uh, I had a wedding I had to go to. And it was kind of a work thing. So, and I needed a date. And I, I knew this girl and she was uh, freshly in town. For a little bit. She's from the UP. and Ooh, and a youper. Yeah. And I was like, hey, girl, let's go to the wedding with me. And she's like, all right, cool. So she comes to the house. And this is when I first bought this house. And she was kind of uh, bringing me some whiskey that we could share while before we went. And it was the screwball peanut butter whiskey. And I was like, oh, I've never had peanut butter whiskey. I've, I've been wanting to try it. Cause Beautiful I hearing, concoction. Yeah, I keep hearing uh, good things about it. And so we had a couple glasses on ice. And this was about 2 o'clock, 2.30 or so in the afternoon. And there was, well, the wedding started at 3. And so. Get I, up on that. Yeah. And so I was like, well, you know, we got to be there at 3. So we, we rushed out of here and got there and. We sat through the ceremony. Everything was cool. And then the ceremony and the 
the um, reception room kind of in the same place, and we got went after the ceremony. We went out to the car, and I had brought the peanut butter whiskey with us, and and <clears throat> we went out there and took a couple pulls off the bottle, and we're kind of hanging out talking to some people, and went to the reception. I I brought the bottle with me, and I was like, yeah, I don't, you know, it don't matter, and uh, so we brought it in there, and. Um, we were kind of pulling off it a little bit here and there and dinner dangerous bottle drinking. Yeah. And, uh, the, the dinner was being served and we had to walk and go to a different spot to get it and come back. And we were kind of going through the line and she kind of started to fall. And I was like, Whoa, you know, I was like, careful. You know, I thought she made, she's just tripping a little bit, but I looked at her and I was like, this girl's getting drunk. Getting a little loosey goosey. Yeah. This girl getting drunk. And, uh, so we, uh, kind of were sitting through dinner and I could tell that, and I don't know if anybody out there is, I'm sure a lot of you have been with somebody that starts to get blackout drunk. They get that look in their eyes. They get that kind of weird. The death look. Well, the almost half zombie. The yeah. Drug zombie. It is. It's like their eyes kind of start to go a little loopy and the I don't give a fuck. Yeah, look. exactly. I was like, Dangerous. whoa. And I, I, I hadn't seen this look in quite some time, <laughs> you know, and I had dated some girls in the past and I have some buddies that get like that. So I was like, Oh, I see it. I, there it is. <laughs> and I'm like, we're getting through dinner and I'm like, oh, we should probably get going. It's about, Four thirty, <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, we should probably get going. And uh, it was like I said, it was a work thing, and I, I didn't want to get too nutty and crazy. And so we left, and I wanted to get some cake because we obviously didn't get any cake. Yeah, you gotta have your wedding cake, right? So I knew that there's a place downtown there called um, uh, what is it? What's the uh, What's the one bar? Um, oh, God. Uh, down, downtown. Sports Tap. Yep, oh, Sports yeah, Tap. Sports Tap. They have great chocolate cake. So I was like, let's go there and have a chocolate cake and a little drink. We get down there, and I was like, ooh. We, she's, and she's drinking, you know, Jameson straight up by this point, which is awesome because I do the same thing. Jameson straight up has got me in some trouble. <laughs> and I was like, hard yeah, drinking. girl. Ugh. And so we Ugh. finish our chocolate cake, and we, I'm obviously, we have to get her out of here. And get back to the house and, you know, have you petting, do a little making out. The night progresses and and she's like, play some music. And she, we're, you know, we're playing music. She's kind of dancing around and she's getting kind of crazy. And all of a sudden she just falls into that, see that big speaker? Yep. She just falls into that big speaker and there's a little, see the white, little white spot on the wall? Yep. That little- speaker knocked into the wall. And she fell down. She's like, ah, oh, uh, uh, my side, blah, blah, blah. And she was starting to get kind of weird. And she's like, I think I'm going to go home. And I'm like, you're not going anywhere. You're wasted. You're not driving. So got her. And I was like, you're going you're gonna to go to bed. You have to go to bed. Tuck her in tight. Yeah. So I, I brought her upstairs, you know put her in my bed and kind of laid with her for a minute till she went to sleep to make sure she wasn't going to puke in her sleep or do anything crazy like that. So finally the heavy breathing insisted and I was like, sweet, she's sleeping. (laughs) I go downstairs, do some music stuff. And, and, uh, the next morning wake up and she's like, ah, what happened last night? And I was like, 
you got wasted and you fell on the speaker and she's like, yeah. And I looked at her side. It was all fucked up. That's the worst. The bruise in the morning. Yeah. Don't know why. Yeah. She's like, ah. And she's like, did you take any pictures of me? (laughs) I was like, no, I didn't take any fucking pictures of you. And yeah, not just taking pictures, but the way she was saying, she yeah. was talking about like, like picture pictures. Yeah. Or like no, picture, yeah. Like, like, like picture drunk pictures like, or no, like, like yeah. drunk naked pictures yeah, drunk of some of, I wonder of what the nature she's been up to. Yeah. <laughs> what her past is really. Yeah. Like, so she was really scared. I was like, no, I ain't gonna, I ain't like that. I'm going to take no pictures of you. My while phone, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I can't believe she said that. But oh. yeah. yeah, it was crazy. The peanut butter screwball whiskey just She's like, I'm never going to drink that shit again. Yeah, you got to watch it. It's, well, yeah. drinking any booze straight from the bottle is going to lead to all sorts of trouble. Actually, the bottle that I just bought, I actually just texted her a picture. I said, hey, remember this? <laughs> <laughs> I go, I'm going to try to get blackout drunk, too. <laughs> okay, you're at a wedding. What's the favorite drink if you got a choice? If you're at a wedding, open bar. They got the open bar. What are you fucking going to drink? Old-fashioned, bro. Old-fashioned? <laughs> really? That drink's different, man. The drinks is. that's different. It made me puke my guts out when you gave it to me last week. Well, you, not only do you have the whiskey in there, is you put the bitters in there, and the bitters is actually is very, there alcohol in the bitters? Yeah, there's high content. It's like forty percent liquor. You so know, it's so. like a whiskey With, martini. Uh, I I guess so in a way. I guess you could say that because I like like I. Oh, I fucking love girly martinis. I will not lie to you. Those fucking apple teeny fucking things. I don't fuck care how girly they look. They're delicious. No, I don't think I've ever really had a martini before. They'll fucking get you all sorts of wasted. They're just... Isn't I'm it like oh. vodka and... Vodka, vermouth. Vermouth, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Some of them put fancier yeah. shit in there. Maybe a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But it's just pure alcohol. Right. We talked about, you were saying drinking Jameson straight. I drank Jameson straight a couple times in my life. Really, it's only came down to like three or four times. Yeah, I love it on ice. Uh, uh, I drank it once after seeing Eminem, and that was the first time I ever pissed on people at a concert. Did we talk <laughs> about that? Hold yeah, on. okay. Well, I was seeing... I, was seeing, I, was, I wasn't even expecting that. I'm like thinking about something else, and all of a sudden you were like, that was the first time I pissed on somebody yes. at a concert. It was... I was at... Um, we were at the fucking Lollapalooza in Cal- or Chicago. Nice. Millennium Park? Yep. Yep. Millennium Park. Yep. It was the two baseball diamonds. It was Eminem playing, and there was fucking 30,000 people, and I was like dead center, probably about... 100 yards from the center and had to pee had to pee you don't get out of that crowd yeah there was no way to get out yeah i was being a belligerent fuck the whole time at the beginning of the show i was yelling like tech nine tech nine tech Tech nine play there too no not at all i was just being a drunken fuck i was just just calling out bullshit And then Evan, I was playing. You go take nine, yeah. <laughs> take nine, motherfucker. That's that was me. And I fucking had to pee, dude. So I just whipped my dick out and pissed all over everybody's feet, all around me. <laughs> Nobody was they, at shame. Did they notice? I don't know. I really don't remember much of it. I remember like leaving there and going to a McDonald's that was two stories and they had baklava. Uh, really? Yeah, that ba- they had like a dessert. 
This is the weirdest McDonald's ever. Chicago's I actually have some crazy. baklava in the fridge. My really? Parents just sent it to me. Dude, yeah. baklava is great. Yeah, it's, it's great. Like I'll a, give you a piece. Oh, for, I'll give you some taste. before you leave. That's a I can't weird eat thing. It all. I can't. It's hard to eat. It's bad. It for is your hard teeth. to eat, dude. Yeah. I, that's weird that you say that because I just put some in my mouth. I was just eating a little bit, it's and I was like, <laughs> start hurting my teeth instantly. And I got nothing wrong with my yeah, teeth. It's the worst. <laughs> it found whatever little tiny cavity was in there. Yeah, there's so much fucking sugar in it. It's insane. It's all it is it's just pure caro syrup yeah. like poured on top of like wheat little flaky shit you know but then we went back to the fucking condominium we stayed in we stayed in a, a t- steve young you know steve young works down at fucking he used to be a teacher music teacher at like uh the church school at saint rose oh, really? i knew him yeah, through uh the theater because i used to do some things with the community theater and he gave us his condo to use and when i say condo it was like one room you walk in there's a kitchen there's a living room there wasn't a bedroom. It was just a studio apartment. Oh, right. Yeah. It was it was ridiculous. And I just drank Jameson and got the fucking worst hangover the next day. Yeah. And, like, destroyed that apartment. I washed <laughs> my boots off in that fucker and, like, left mud all over in the tub. Like, it was, like, but I was so hungover I couldn't clean anything, dude. <laughs> well, yeah. It was bad. Like, I was just done. And I, we when we drove there, the fucking car overheated on the fucking what is the big fucking freeway there that goes over top of everything. I, oh, one thirty one. I don't even know what it is. You go through that motherfucker in the Skyway. It's oh, called the Skyway. Oh, you're talking about in Chicago. Yeah, you go over that big bridge, yeah. and then you're in Chicago, and you are, like, contained by cement walls on yeah. a floating structure. Our shit's overheating. <laughs> and, like, Nowhere visibly. to go. And I keep turning it off. I'm like, go, motherfucker. It's gridlock. Like, go around me. They, somebody called, and the city vehicle came with flashing lights yeah. and got in front of us and drove us off the expressway. Oh, that was nice of them. Shit, blew the block on that engine. It I'm never sure. that fucking car never drove the same. Yeah, it was a before. horrible experience. <laughs> oh man, what well, are you got, drinking tonight, anyway? Well, I'm drinking right now some of that pineapple cider. Oh. I drink that wicked. I, I'm a cider guy. I'm like a I'm like 1842 in my yeah. drinking. 1842. Oh, no, well, this is I have a I have a thing. This is my frame of thought with drinking. If I don't enjoy it, why the fuck am I doing it? Right, right. I'm not gonna drink something I don't enjoy. That's why I like to drink this. DM. The dragon's milk. Mm. Ooh, yeah, that reminded me. We started. Milk. We started the last talk. Yeah, a little bit about beer. beer. What got us into beer? Yeah, what, what got us into beer? Uh, what got you into beer? I, the Waldorf. The Waldorf. Got me into beer. Yeah, out straight up. The Waldorf. Do you know? Do you know Greg Bergeron? Greg was a or, great, great he, friend of mine. Yeah. He, rip, rip, rip. Yep. Rest and in peace. So, anyways, Greg was at my house once, and my buddy Sean was living there, and. Uh, Greg had come over. I I think that was the first time I ever met him. And he had a growler full of hop noxious. He would always, the growler is a very common thing. Back before the growlers were a popular thing, Greg would show up with a growler. Yeah. And he came to my house with a growler and he's like, you want to pull off this? I was like, what is that? And he's like, it's a hop noxious. It's a hoppy beer. You ever had hoppy beer before? I was like, no, no. But I did actually have a hoppy beer before that. A girl had come over to my house, I think probably. Uh, it was a few months before this, and she had two hearted, and I thought they were the most disgusting beer yes. I had in my life. And actually, now I really love them. Yes, but uh, I like the old two hearted. Actually, there's been a degradation. Is there? And yes, I yes. When I first oh, I didn't started, know that. when they went m- bigger, when they really yeah. started pushing, yeah. it lost. 
Oh, it lost it, a little oh, bit. Oh, totally. Of... It used to be a totally different thing out of the bottle. Oh, no, but sure. then again, beer changes. People don't understand sure. that. It's, yeah. it's the yields of, of the crops right. that determine. Oh, yeah. So it's sense. by year, you know, right. never going to be the same. Okay, back to it. Yeah, so Greg was like, yeah, and I tasted it, and I was like, this is wonderful. This is absolutely great. I love this beer. And I remember the whole night kind of asking him for a poll here and there. And we were, for some reason, we were walking down seems like we were walking down downtown and he had the fucking oh. growler in his hand. And I just remember grabbing it from him and pulling off it. And I remember after that going to Waldorf and getting the hop noxious and trying a lot of their other beers. It was, and that was really my introduction into liking beers. I mean, the only thing I had before that was Budweiser and Coors and so on yeah, and so forth. Beer. Yeah, and there really wasn't there wasn't a craft beer movement at that time. No, um, Waldorf had opened a brewery up in Hastings, and I didn't know anything about breweries until they opened opened one up here. Yep, and there wasn't a big movement at the time. Um, and I just remember getting into it and really liking it. And then it seemed like shortly after that, it was maybe six months after that, you know, Founders started to get really popular. And, you know, 10 Bells started, not 10 Bells, but Bells, bells started. Yeah, well, yeah, well, Bells really and the Two Hearted. Yeah. That was the big one. Oberon was huge. <laughs> yeah, Oberon was Do huge. You, have you ever drove by the house on Wall Lake out in Delton that has the Oberon thing painted on the no. barn? It's uh-uh. been there since I was like, oh, so that's got to be like 15, yeah. 16 years old. Yeah. They've been around for a like, while. Like, yeah, they've been rooted. Yeah. They almost bought that property down by, they were talking about buying where they did the parking lot. Yeah. But the pollution from that factory and uh, water. Same with moving in Battle Creek. They wanted, like, there's been a lot of breweries that want to get right on yeah. that water line. Well, I remember Arcadia was down yes, there. Yes, they for were a down while. there. And they moved out. They, yeah. They're in Kalamazoo right when you pop yeah. in now. Like, yeah. way different experience. Yeah. So coming from my my father worked for Anheuser Busch and drove truck for Anheuser Busch. So he's he was a big Budweiser guy. Oh yeah. And so coming in, so many Budweiser T-shirts. Oh and yeah, dude, bullshit, dude. The memorabilia that he had when he moved out of that yeah. house was insane. They just give it to the drivers. <laughs> yeah. They just it's just pushed. Yeah, it was insane. He's sold so much. You know, who Mark Aaron's is. Yep. He bought a bunch of it from my dad actually some of the signs that he had and stuff. So that was cool. The old bud. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so being a guy that was like buying four packs and six packs for 20 bucks, <laughs> my dad was like, you're insane. What the no. fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> That's not insane. I, what is the most you think you ever spent on a single beer? On a single beer? Uh, 12 bucks. Yeah, I think mine's about 12 to 15. Yeah. About, about about like a glass of wine because yeah. that was the equivalent and it was a double dark IPA. So yeah. it was like coming at to me at like 14.5% alcohol, which that's fucking crazy. That's yeah. a hell of beer. I bought a, a it was a pumpkin stout. Pumpkin stouts are great. And uh, yeah, it was like, it was a, it was just a regular 16 ounce bottle. It was like 12 bucks. Ooh. And actually, I didn't like it that much. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Yeah, the bottled yeah. ones, they really get you. Like, I drink a lot of the, the oh, was it bee nectar? Yeah. yeah. Meadery. And they have like the dude, the dude's rug, which is like oh. a ripoff of the Big Lebowski. And it's yeah. a chai tea <laughs> yeah. fucking cider. And then like all sorts, there's like a punk lemonade one. They always have like some kind of weird, uh, the, like uh, there's a Donnie Darko one too. Like, uh, good marketing 
But yeah. I love that fucking, you know, like I'm drinking cider tonight. I love that shit. It fucking, I'm going to probably die from arsenic poisoning <laughs> at some point. We did talk about Greg. Dude, dude, Greg and the Growler was a thing. I remember one time I was at um, Jenny's, my baby mama. That's how I met. A, Greg. You know, well, no. I knew oh. Greg and Sam and we all hung out. And then I had met Jenny through them. Okay. And that's how that all happened. And like when Greg passed, that was fucking big deal. We drove to yeah. fucking Wisconsin and shit. I went oh. out there. With a fucking, we'd rented a Suburban, drove our asses out there. Horrible, huh. horrible experience. But I remember one time he showed up, and we had this growl that had been sitting outside for a year. <laughs> and that motherfucker it drank had beer it. In it. It was beer. <laughs> it was capped, and he's like, it's sealed. <laughs> it's sealed. It's, which is totally fine, which is totally fine. And with the Waldorf, I asked him history of that building. Back when it was abandoned, I was a teenager, like, uh, been like 16, 17, and I never had any place to Yeah, because it was abandoned. Yes. It was a furniture yep. store for a while, and then it sat abandoned until the the new owners bought it and probably made it a brewery, like right? 2000, I don't even know when, 2008 probably yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like really when it started sparking off. Because I remember we would break in the bottom, mm-hmm. and there was like nothing but rubble. And we'd go upstairs, and there's like a floating third story and then back there was a finished room, and that's where, like, the employee break room is now. I used to take my fucking teenage fucking girlfriend there and fuck the <laughs> shit out of her, dude. And there was always this shirt there that I'd always blow my loads on and hide in the corner. Oh, Jesus so Christ. Whoever, you left it there yeah, and left then it blew there. more in it? Multiple loads. <laughs> oh, God. This, then that had my, de- you know, you never thought about that shit back in the day. Right. DNA right. testing. But who cares? But I have some history of that building. I remember one night I was, we were chucking fucking screws at the stop sign in front of fucking secondhand corners uh-huh. and one missed and went through the window oh my god <laughs> so we ran across the street and we broke open the bottom thing we got in and we jumped up got into the third story and we're looking down <laughs> watching the police just checking it incriminating. out incriminating oh yeah that's that's, <laughs> that's way over you're incriminating yourself right now <laughs> there's been there's been many of times the downtown of hastings beautiful you used to be able yeah, to like walk up is. alan pete's you know get up on top of alan pete's i and actually have that did have sex with a girl on top of alan pete's yeah that happens does happen yes but then if you wanted to be brave you could shimmy up the fucking pipe yeah yeah, yeah. and get up to gilmore's yeah and that's such a cool view we went out there a couple times with eggs and tossed them down like (laughs) i've devastated this time for years yeah sorry excuse me excuse me excuse me i apologize that was you but this town was like way underdeveloped back then you know like it didn't have much like what we have down there is hoity-toity fucking crazy investment doesn't make any sense and it's very it's just sad you know yeah, and we've talked about this before. Like I have with uh, other cats, with the skateboarding podcast. Like I look at the skate park just dilapidated and run down. Yeah. Then across the river, there's a multi-billion-dollar stage <laughs> that's not being used. That's never being used ever. ever. And if I go down there and skateboard on it, the cops come down and right. harass me. Right. And it's such a weird fucking perspective. <clears throat> such a weird way to to live our lives. And it, you know, I just don't understand where the priorities right. consist. But there's a lot of problems on the skate park. There always has been. Right. But you put people in a place they want to go, there's going to be fucking problems. Right. You know, how are you going to avoid that craziness? There's a show tonight, though. Wasn't there? You said there was a show? Yeah, there was one at Elk Lodge tonight. Ooh, and there's hopefully more shows coming up. They're playing from 7 to 10, I think it was. That's good. Yeah. I don't know. Everything shuts down. I know that fucking, I was driving through Battle Creek last night on my way home. And I couldn't even stop at, like, Buffalo Wild Wings after midnight. Oh, because they were closed already? Everything's closed. Yeah. 
I'm like, yeah. this is fucking ridiculous. I went skateboarding. Told you I fell. I fell harder <laughs> than I fell in fucking 10 years. Slipped off, laid body flat, fell down on my back. Knocked the fucking wind out of me, and I saw stars. I you haven't saw stars. You weren't, like, on the half pipe or anything. You nope, I went doing... flat to concrete. It was yeah. a hubba, so, like, a ramp okay. that goes down like this and a ledge on top of the ramp. Gotcha. So I went up to, like, do an overcrook, so I'm on the front of the board, and I'm, like, leading. Well, it slipped. There's no board there. So I just <laughs> laid flat. And you don't put your arms back. You don't ever try to catch yourself. That's You just don't. That's how you right. break arms and bones and fingers. Okay. So I'm just like, okay, this is happening. Go limp. <laughs> fucking back smacks. Everybody goes, oh. Whole skate park. Oh. And then I'm fucking just. <laughs> I can't breathe. And this young kid helps me up. And I guess my homie Eric, he's like, dude, it was so bad that there's these young kids that saw it. They left right after that happened. Like, <laughs> and they're like, we're scared. Yeah, <laughs> you freaked them out. I was like, oh, man. It's like, it hurts today. And for those of, those of you that don't re- know this, there is an indoor skate park in the mall in Battle Creek. And you can actually yes. go up to the windows and kind of watch them skate and yes, do can. different stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a great spot. It's called uh, Battleground. Uh, it's good. Despite some of the other things. And we talked about this a little bit before we got our recording smashed because I suck. <sighs> it's a it's a religious park. It is a Christian. Oh, skate it park. is. Yes, it's a Christian. I skate did park. not know that. Yes, if you go in, you'll see all of the huh all of their message and everything that. Oh, going really? For. They have things like hanging on the walls saying, "Jesus is my savior." They have a little thing that hangs over the doorway that has like a religious saying. I wish it was like Dante's Inferno. That's like <laughs> all who enter aban- or abandon all hope, all ye who enter. But it's some inspirational stuff. It's, it's whatever. It really yeah. goes against a lot of, that I believe in in a lot of circumstances. But I think about it in the greater good. And this is where like a lot of my battle of the atheism, which I lost, comes into play. It's like they're doing something for the greater good. Sure. But they may be indoctrinating these children. Sure. Okay, somebody opened up a venue, right? Or a church starts allowing shows to be played there, like the Oneida Church out towards a fucking Grand Ledge. They used to allow metal bands come and play. Some of them were Christian metal bands, and some of them were not. I saw some big touring bands that would drive through. Oh, yeah. It's like, do we... I understand that they have a mission and a goal, and they never came in and preached to us, but yeah. the skate park is preaching. Okay. Bottom line. Yeah. Like I'm, well, if they I, got shit hanging on the walls, and dude, I wear <laughs> bad religion shirts there, and I'm sorry, guys. Like, if you listen to this, I apologize. That's just who I am. Like, if you look up, anything can be a bad religion. Smoking cigarettes can be a bad religion. Right. Anything that re- leads you, this is how like Greg Graffin and I'm gonna explain it. Anything that leads you away from something that keeps you, you know, it like controls your identity or changes you and makes you conform to something, leads you away from your own independent thought right. that's a bad religion right you know yeah. and christianity does do that right has a tendency you now know? you said you said uh strayed you away from your atheism so yes. uh what has <laughs> what has strayed you away from being a true atheist i was an atheist until my first heavy experience with salvia i had an early oh, early yeah, experience salvia. with salvia where like somebody actually I remember hearing about that when yes. it first came out. Can you just like buy it could. at like gra- like drugstores or you used to be able to get it at Shakedown Street and yeah. at like like any of the Indian gas stations. Right. Yeah. But the problem is it's not a fun drug. It's a dissociative. Yeah, I've heard ho- of people dying yes. off it, right? Uh I'm sure people die could it? die. Well, people who do stupid things like drive down the road and smoke 
Sylvia. And the problem is that... And so you completely hallucinate on her. Yes. Well, the first time that I completely hallucinated on Sylvia, it took me out of this world. It devolved me in a sense. It was the ego death that we talk about, but it was unknown. I didn't know it was going to happen. I take this first hit. I sit back. I feel my inside sink into the couch. I feel my stomach start to pull. And then I'm like holding my breath back. I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. I look over to my friend to the right. His face is gone. Nothing but a jawline and teeth. Just fucking (laughs) never ending teeth. Yup, just smiling (laughs) and looking at me. I look over. My lady doesn't exist. I look at the floor. It's nothing but yellow wood floorboards. And Uh they're starting to pull apart like ribbons. It's starting to flow into the ground in front of me. And I see my whole past, my whole life flash before my eyes. I see my brother. I see riding in front of the trailer. I see me and him like running back and forth and hitting each other in the stomach and spitting fucking soda pop. Just these fucking weird memories. And then I'm like, I blow. I explode. I let go. And I spit everywhere. So do you feel like holding that breath in was kind of like it was part like, of the trip? Does I it, believe that it is. And you'll see it in all the artwork with the people drooling that it's like. Like a, a lack of oxygen the to the brain yes. almost intensifies the part. And so does the drug actually make you not want to breathe at some point? I don't know why it does that. I think it's that first hit and that initial thought of our mind, like with smoking anything, like the longer you hold it, the more it's going to work. Oh, is that what happens? So you held the hit. But I held the hit and I breathed out. But then there's another explosion. It's just an explosion of laughter and saliva. You drool (laughs) uncontrollably everywhere. Uh And my friend reaches over and wipes my chin off. So he was kind of like your shaman. He was like a little bit. Yes, leading me through it. He knew what was, he He fucking knew what was going to happen. happen. Yeah, Yeah, he knew exactly what, because I'm like, yeah, let's try this. I had a good time this one time. I felt like it was tripping. Cool. No, he fucking reached over, touches my chin, and it's like he grabs a zipper on my lip. And pulls it down my chin, down to my body, down to my stomach. And I unravel like ribbon onto the floor. And I connect into the floorboards. And I start rolling up. And little trolls are around me cranking things. And they're going, it's okay. It's okay. The simulation's over. We need to start again. This what has all been a mistake. Fuck? And I'm getting folded up. And then basically I become part of the Earth's crust. Or I feel like nothing but a ring in a tree. Huh. Part of the history. And I let go. I just let go. and So I it's s- almost like you connected with the earth in some weird I way. I see it as a computer simulation that got the terminate button hit. I let go of all reality and accepted. Once I accepted that I was dying. <clears throat> yeah. Because I was not, I did, there's no reality. Right. You know, it's complete hallucination. It's not like I'm sitting here seeing this on a TV. No, I'm completely engulfed in this. And I give up. I explode through the cosmos. I see the Milky Way. I see stars. I see all this crazy shit. And I'm like a shimmering light that comes out of an open box. And I see the image of the person that opens the box. And then behind that person in this dark room, I see a door open. And I see a silhouetted image say, come into the picture, into the frame. It says, quit fucking with that shit. And the person closes the box, and I zip back into reality, and I'm back in my body, and I'm going, oh, I'm weird, what? I'm on drugs. I, I, that was, I kept saying, I, I'm on drugs. I'm on drugs. Okay, that was drugs. I'm on drugs, right, yeah. guys? And they're like, yes, yes. Like, I tried to flip my coffee table. I fought letting go. You know, I kept fighting it and fighting it. But I came away from that <laughs> going, what the fuck is out there? Right. There was no way that I could see all of that. And then I started researching and looking into it. It's all common. This is what happens. So it was a common 
visual experience they, they that call it a like, lot of people share the same thing? They call it like the divine <laughs> mother or mother Mary. A lot of people see a, a womanly figure and see some kind of soothingly some, something that so brings that, them back. It is, is rooted in Christianity through the Mesoamerican, you know, the, the Mexican. Right. So, and the, that's kind of a common experience that people share when they're on, on ayahuasca. So for those of you who don't know ayahuasca is it's a root that they boil down. It's it's a very common thing that they do religiously in South America. And a lot of them have the same kind of visual experience where they see Lady Ayahuasca and she comes to them and kind of is like, this is kind of what you need to do to, and it's not a pleasant experience by any means. No, you know, no. it's not something that was, is, is sought after and go, oh, yeah, I like to get high and look at lady ayahuasca. It's, it's, it's a very life changing experience. A lot these of these people. substances aren't uh, repeating uses or they're not abusable. Some people will abuse Selvia. Like that's why I said they wouldn't, it got banned from being sold in the stores because some fucking kid was driving down the road right. and fucking hit that shit and went into Mario land and the motherfucking goddamn road turned into their car and they weren't even there well, anymore. And then they crashed into somebody's house or right. something, you know? And, well, and you got to think about something like that. It really doesn't need to be sold like that. To, no, in, in my, no, in my opinion, no, you know, that's <laughs> something that is almost, you, you can take a, uh, it's gotta be done in a controlled setting. It's almost religious in a way. I have really weird feelings towards that because I believe people should be able to do whatever they want, but that is extremely dangerous for a person to do in a situation where they're operating machinery or putting anybody else's yeah. life at risk. Yeah. Like or like even having like a gun on the table. Right. Like fucking no thank right. you. Yeah, you know? Exactly. Like any drugs, like L S D. It's all about set and setting. Yeah. You know, like gearing yourself up for that good experience. But I've never experienced anything on any other hallucinogenics besides what I experienced on Selvia because it was instantaneous. It was over in 10 minutes and it changed my fucking life. Right. Like I was well, even, arrogant, militant atheist. Like, fuck you. Yeah. God isn't real. I came away from that going, yeah. yeah. you know, like, well, even the, the Indians have a, they have a ritual for their, almost their kids. Really. When they turn 15, 16, 17, I'm not sure the exact age, um, but they have these masculine peyote rituals where they have to take it and there's a shaman there who guides them through the trip and it's not a pleasant experience for these no, people, No, you know, but it, it, well, it's not as it's, it's, it's probably terrifying in a lot of senses because it's something they don't know that really is going right. to come, you know, right. But they're getting visions, right. And it's kind Literal of literal vision. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a way of killing the ego. It's a way of opening your mind and feeling other people's feelings. And I think that it, I think the Indians thought, you know, if they didn't get this, they're gonna turn into these arrogant pricks that are gonna just you know do I wonder, whatever they want. I and, wonder if it is the ultimate connection to empathy. And I believe yeah. that a lot of um, the real natural religions of the world consist around these ideas of dissolving the ego be ego becoming together as one you know unity right. understanding the strength of one of the individual yes in the path of the individual but in the greater good of the community and as the crusades of the world took place and they just right. destroyed the pagan religions right the connection to god was lost right well even christianity you know a lot of them were drinking wine with 
who knows what in it. Yes. Well, I mean, the synthesis of it. I was reading a book detailing a lot of this, a whole book all about the idea that maybe the wines that were served to these people were um, concoctions of ergot right. and different kinds of LSD or MDMA or DMT studies, different things that would make them hallucinate. And then they would have these communal experiences being preached to about love right. and togetherness and forgiveness, a God that forgives you and that just imprinted these. Okay, right. all it takes is one situation, yep. one hallucination, yeah. and one guided experience to change you yeah. for. Ever. For sure. Like, I saw this movie. Uh, <clears throat> uh, you ever seen Legends of Gahul, the no, owl movie? No. It's about this brother uh, duo. Like, one goes to the evil side, and the other one's, like, the good, and they're both becoming these owls that fight. And, like, they have these really crazy in-air fighting scenarios. So oh, I yeah. took some LSD and went to this movie, right? <laughs> My brother had just died, like, a year before. Not even, that's, like, six months. Uh-huh. And this whole story is about the evil and good brother fighting, you oh, know? Right, for, right, like, right. and I'm fucking... Wow. The only person in this movie theater. Nobody else. Just me. Tripping so hard. I'm looking over at the walls. The walls are going, wham, 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 wham. The movie starts, and the owls start fighting in slow motion in the air. And then the story, I was crying. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, my God. Like, this is so Yeah, like, that would oh. be a pretty profound experience. What a fucking weird thing. Yeah. You know, I knew nothing about the movie. I right. just walked in. But yeah. a lot of those experiences happen like that, you know? If somebody ever would have took me into, like, a church and put me in a situation... And led me on some spiritual journey. I'm sure I would fall victim to it. Yeah. But I had the opposite, you know, where my experiences were more nature-based. Yeah. I remember seeing a band play on the side of a lake out towards Cedar Creek, tripping on mushrooms. And they're playing like fucking Les Claypool's type type shit. Uh And the guy's playing going... Mushrooms, 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 mushrooms. I'm like, this guy's singing right to me. He's singing, singing right to me. That night was crazy. The cops came and all the fucking kids went out into the woods. That was back when you know that was the party. I've had some experiences like that before. And I'm just chilling because I never drank. I never really drank. You know, when I was younger, I didn't start drinking until I was 21. And I'm looking down at my arms. And my tattoos start moving all over my arms as the cops are walking around talking to all the people sitting at the fire. And I look over to like these old people next to me and these old people were friends of my, my parents. And I'm like, I'm dripping really hard right now. And they laugh at me. I'm like, I'm cool though. But you know, that, that whole memory, seeing the fog come across the lake and then this band set up full band Hmm. playing really like trippy, like building and, Slowly, right. like wavy music. Maybe I was just tripping. Right. Who knows? Right. I was saying, like, I was reading the Flea book. A lot of his two, like, big experiences of music were on LSD. Yeah. They connected to him the most. And, like, why is it this stuff brings us all together on this wavelength? Makes yeah. us appreciate these things like art and music yeah. so so deeply and yeah. connects us. There's yeah. something there. Yeah. Like, the vibrations of it. I try to explain to somebody, this table might be dead. But it still has vibrations. It's still together. vibrating yeah. In yeah. together. There's yeah. still something there. There's still a yeah. presence. Like it's so hippie and fucking stupid to say. They like, say that sometimes that some of the even the monolithic structures that have been uh, built were done with vibrations, musical vibrations. Like they have they like they still consist of them. I wonder if they emit. Like, like that's how they lifted the big bricks. Oh, oh, auditive yeah. levitation. Auditive could we say? levitation. Mm, a little yeah. bit. I've actually looked into that. <laughs> yeah. You actually brought me to yeah. that, and yeah. I looked into that a little bit, and yeah. I believe it's it very thing, yeah. much. 
you know, through uh, the the chanting yeah. and the humming. Like I wonder yeah. about um, we were talking about like the the quest and the walkabouts as the Aborigines would call them. Yeah. Or, you know, the spirit walks as the Native Americans would yeah. call them. They would even do these yeah. without like any kind of hallucinogenics. Right. Yeah. Like they would send a person out into the tundra to just bear the elements yeah. and fucking almost near die yeah. and then have a vision within the near death experience because the near death experience is the damnation of man. Right. It really is. If right. you think about it and start like pulling it apart and thinking about where it comes from and what it has led to when people go through that and they see the tunnel vision, yeah. the light and like the soothing, the DMT release in our brain that's allowing us yeah. to accept that we're dying. They come from that like, that's when my father's religious. Yeah. He didn't care until he fucking died. Yeah. And then now he's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, dude, there's a scientific <laughs> explanation. It's like you were accepting death. Yeah. And that was your accepted avenue. Right. Of your it's afterlife. What he's, right. It's you what know? he's been. It's what his upbringing has culturalized his brain to 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 accept as his reality is Christianity because that's what's been there. But that brings up, are we all just manifesting our own reality in front of our own I eyes? I think we are. You know, are we all only our own visions of what we see ourselves and reflection of how we perceive other people see us? You know, is there really any, and we've talked about it. I believe that. Yes. Yes. And you yeah. said, yes, that that's yeah. what we are, but there's a way to break it. Right. And I think through like, meditation there's like flea said it in the book i'll bring it back that flea book was really good if you yeah. people want to read it, it's called acid for the children one of the <laughs> most eloquently written books ever and that motherfucker talks about how through meditation he has gotten higher than he ever has oh yes yeah. i completely agree with him i i yeah. don't know that feeling i i do <laughs> I've never I, I have it. i have practiced meditation um probably for probably about four or five years and i go back and forth and uh, it kind of... What do you think about? Well, that's the thing is you can't think about anything. See, and that's, that's the, hard the hardest thing. fucking part in my that life, That is dude. the hardest thing to do. And that's the, the challenge of meditation is to not think about anything. And to just listen to your breathing. And Focus on... Well, much like yoga. Yeah. I think that's the closest I've ever came as like out of a guided yoga session where the, yeah. you lay down, yep. they ding the bells... And I'll tell you what is they you, tell you to focus on your brain. yeah. And YouTube has a I'll be honest with you, YouTube has a lot of great guided meditations or binaural beats where you listen to different Music. frequencies and yep. different vibrations to help with staying positive. And I, I just the other day, you know, I've had I had a few weeks that were very stressful for me at work and so on and so forth and. I was like, I got to get back to where I need to be. Yep. And, you know, I listened to some different frequencies and stuff like that over, you know, I would just fall asleep to them, you know, and next couple of days, shit got better. It was mm. just, I, you know, I, I can't explain it. I, I no. really can't explain it. It just, everything got better. Uh, my whole mindset changed. It's just, I think it's just a hidden thing. Well, it's an environmental thing. It's environment. Yeah. You know, it's like the things, oh, it's no different than, okay, if I want to switch out all my lights in my house into a red spectrum, it's going to affect my brain and how I sure. deal with things in life. And I used to do that as a kid. I would live within red light or black light. 
you know, a lot of the time, and it would totally affect your mood. Um, Me and Scotty Adams have talked about it. Uh, The music you listen to is going to... It dictates everything. Yeah, it dictates everything. You know, you start listening, and it's not just like the content, it's the key change. Yeah, the the low vibrations versus the higher vibrations. Switch from your minors to your majors for a little bit, a little bit, and it's just going to add that little bit of something. And it can pull away, too. It's just where you want to place yourself. So it's about molding our reality and some kind of thing. And that's where music, you know, lies. They just discovered a cock shell that makes three tones. That's I can't remember. I'm, don't quote me. I think they said 40,000 years old, which is fucking old as fuck. Yeah. I'm not... And it was the, the newest outside of the flutes because flutes from um, birds yeah. and uh, different animals like that were used to make, you know... Uh, different kind of all sorts of tones, yeah. but it was amazing to hear that tone being blown out of that cock shell today, and think about hearing that back then, not knowing anything other than the stars in the sky, the sun, right. the flowing river, the wind through the trees, the smells, the right. feels, the dirt, and then you hear something. You hear that it's yeah. not made by a human right. voice. Right. It's a projection right. of a vibration, <laughs> like. Those little influences back then were just magnificent. Yeah. You know, they would sit in caves and look at fucking drawings on the wall with flickering firelight while being played flute yeah. music. Yeah. yeah, everything exists through vibration. Everything. And this dude comes out and starts telling a story in a low tone and yeah. a cadence that goes, you know, like, wow. <laughs> right. This is better than Netflix. These fucking people were like, now we're going to go home and fuck so hard and have so many little cavemen babies. And that's, the, you know, the perpetuation of it, of it all. And it connected us together and, you know, driv that, driv it, makes empathy really hit home. You yeah. know, like I can connect with you because you feel this way about something that right. I feel. Right. That's the beauty of music. Yeah. Is there, there's is a, there nothing more than the connection? Right. But there's a, I also love music that people hate. And sometimes I hate when people, people like the music I love, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's such a weird thing. I yeah. wonder if anybody in the cave ever looked at somebody and said, that's my favorite song, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to rip your fucking... He was singing that a little harder on Friday than he was on Saturday, and I don't know if I can feel it. Like, what a weird fucking world we live in. And we're nothing more than cave-scrawling it, fucking It is, animals. too, and it really is a lost... Um, it's, it's a lost sense of knowledge. I really feel like over the years... People have become so succumbed to technology, and even in the industrial revolution, you know, it kind of came in, and people—it's part of the the downside of living in a monetary society. It's it, you lose that connection with nature, yes, in in a sense, you know, all everything is a vibration. Everything that is made is still vibrating, and there's still atoms bouncing off each other, and it's all musical when it comes down to it. I feel like we all belong out in the woods, dancing around a fire, listening to music and just letting go because they outlawed that shit. You know, that was one of the first things that the, of the pagan beliefs that was outlawed was like the nighttime rituals. Right. Because they understood the power of that community. Right. Of that sacrament. Right. People willingly putting themselves in that, whether or not they were having some kind of crazy sex or some kind of fucking human fucking fucking <laughs> sacrifice. It doesn't, we don't know. We don't understand. Right. But. Oh, and that's a part of it is that they didn't understand the, you know, the actual people 
that were governing and were in control didn't understand and they didn't have that knowledge, you know, and it's just been lost for so many years. And I think a lot about the Native American <clears throat> culture and the, some of the things that we may have deleted from existence yeah. Yeah, definitely. and some of the knowledge that really exists in this world. Like I'll be, I'll be reading about like human sacrifice tables in like Illinois or Indiana mm-hmm. or some shit. And I'm like, why didn't I know about this shit? You know, why don't it, I remember, okay, if you drive out towards fucking like uh, Kalamazoo out that way towards Richland and stuff, there's a spot you'll drive by where there's a chief that's buried and there's a tombstone. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't think it is it Chief Noonday. Yeah, I think so. But it's not by like <coughs> Chief Noonday right. Road. It's like further out there. I know what you're talking and about. And it's like we never were taught anything about that in right. school. Right, you don't know nothing that. at all. You know, like there was no need to pass on right. that culture, and it makes me wonder more and more and more throughout all the crusades if there was an ancient knowledge that they were trying to destroy, or if there was some kind of secret to the connection between man and a creator, and if it was found in these fucking substances, right? And if it was found in these ceremonies, right? You know, all drinking the same wines, the yeah. same bloods from some. S- sacred blah 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 and having these fucking wild nights it's no different than the fucking secret cults that we have in society right. now where the fucking like the skull and bones and the freemasons and, yeah. and the motherfuckers like there's <clears throat> all sorts of accounts of people burning effigies and doing fucking crazy shit like come on people yeah the cult is around us <laughs> <laughs> american culture is cult culture that's what right. it is you're yeah. allowed to come here and start your own cult yeah we love you but pay taxes please pay taxes if you don't pay taxes and we'll fucking kill your cult we'll come in and we'll murder you all yeah that's what happens yeah, I mean, as long as you're paying your taxes they ain't gonna fucking fuck with you so no dealing with weapons you know right. no selling weapons on the side and modifying right. modifying yeah, shotguns ask, ask and, david crush you know yes like that. come on like then we'll make a Netflix special about you and we'll like <laughs> incite so many white nationalists with all sorts of feelings about you believing in your Jesus. And it's great. America's beautiful, isn't it? Oh, it's definitely beautiful. Oh, shit. I mean, let's take a piss break and, yeah. you know, we'll we'll uh, maybe cap this up a little bit. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about music or something. Maybe we'll talk about music or something. We'll see. <laughs> all right. All right, buddy. Well, I guess we're back. We took a little bit of break, took some pisses, smoked a cigarette, feel better. But I was oh, going to open yeah. with some shitty story. I was going to tell another poop story because poop stories are actually a winner. Yeah, you're and talking about something about shitting on somebody's hood? Yeah, okay. So, so I had this girlfriend, like a seventh, eighth, and a little bit of ninth grade, right? And uh-huh. she was a dick-sucking slut. She was yeah. the best. That's what I got with her. Well, I heard about this girl through like... You're like, I heard you suck cock. Girl. I heard you suck cock. And this is when you were in eighth grade? Dude, uh, yeah, the end of seventh grade, eighth <laughs> grade, shit, and ninth dude. grade. Yes, I was. So I was dating this girl, dude. I didn't she, lose my virginity until I was in ninth grade. I wouldn't have known. Well, I didn't lose my virginity until I was sixteen. So I not quite yet. I didn't lose it till about tenth grade. But so I was anyways. with this girl. I was with her, and she was a slobber and knobber, and it was a good old time. And like this one time, she fucking wanted me to bang her, and like I couldn't do it. Like yeah. I was like. Of the age to be able to do it, like, those things, yeah. but, like, it just, something didn't work, just didn't work in my brain, just didn't feel right. So you didn't get hard. Yeah, I didn't get hard, I don't think. That's weird, because when I lost my virginity, it, I, the girl had come over to my house, and she's spending the night there, and it took me three different times in the same night to, to keep it hard and actually come. See, I didn't come the first time I had sex at all. That yeah. took weeks. 
But anyways, with this girl, it wasn't it wasn't anything. And like we had this shitty relationship, and ended up she told me she had got finger banged by some other dude while we were together, yeah. or got her pussy ate. And I was like, fuck her. Yeah. We did all this horrible shit. We would like break into her house and like rob her mom's <laughs> stuff and like put her dild- her mom's dildo out on the kitchen counter and shit. <laughs> like, just shit. like really fuck with the family. And one night <laughs> we were like really her family or I, I don't know whatever we were kids you, <laughs> you know it was like, spiteful I would have fucked her or her mom at that point you know it didn't really matter I was just angry so I walk over to her house one night we were drunk uh-huh. and I remember for some reason I thought it was a good idea so I crawl up on the hood of her car and I'm looking at the fucking window pull my pants down and I squat down right above the hood ornament like I'm tickling my old butthole with the Buick little sign and I just fucking shit big old dump on it big old juicy dump and then old boy that was with me opens up her back doors and pisses all over her back seats what the all over the seats and the floorboards and everything so this happens the next day, yes. my buddy who lives next door, because there's three of us that are in the area, he rides to school with her. <laughs> and he said, we're like, how was your ride to school? And he's like, dude, oh. it fucking smelled so bad Fuck. in that car that morning. And I'm laughing. Like, I thought pissing in her car was too much. Yeah. Like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a bad yeah. guy a yeah. little bit. But he's like, but on the front of the car, there was a turd did he say that yeah he's <laughs> like there's a turd froze to the because fr- it was winter time it was frozen it was frozen to the, to the front into the hood of the car it was a little fucking little poo uh, hood ornament <laughs> with a fucking pissy back seat Jesus and you know Christ. these are the things that i kind of feel bad for in life oh a little my bit God. i mean but not really it's a great story though. not really i mean great we story. did uh, i got banned from like my best friend aaron i was best friends with like aaron holden and one time, we would go to his house and smoke weed before school. And he wouldn't let me smoke weed at his house before school because he wanted to fuck his girlfriend. <laughs> so he kicked me out. So I went downstairs to his fucking backyard, and I grabbed a shovel, and I scooped up a bunch of dog shit, and I threw it against his fucking house door. Just smeared <laughs> shit Jesus all over Christ. it. Well, I didn't really think about that. That was also his mother's house. Yeah. She was not fucking no. happy. I was banned from that house for a full year. Wasn't allowed over You're not or around. Really like scat or I guess I'm into poo. Like poo doesn't bother me. It bothers other people a lot. Yeah, like I'll just me. fucking just like wipe poo on like whatever. <laughs> fucking poo. You're poo one times. of those weird people that wipes poo on the seat just so the next guy can come. <laughs> what no. the fuck? That shit does fuck me up though, because I'll go into like work at the fucking shitter and I'm like how is there so much pubic hair and poop all right. over the seat? Right. Like, what the, what the fuck is wrong with this God person? Stink. Or like the person that literally looks like they set their asshole on the edge of the seat and just fucking shit all over. Dude, my buddy, oh, my buddy Philly was Christ. telling me about this fucking, his lady was working at a family, at the family dollars, and uh-huh. she came into the stall and there was shit all over the walls and all over what everything. It was like the person put their ass cheeks against the wall and just and started just shitting. Oh, and just started s- s- I was like, well, they probably brought a glove. Like, if I was going to do that, I would have brought a glove and, like, shit in my hand and smear it on the wall. Like, I really hope... I really Spoken hope... Spoken from a true scat. Yeah, yeah uh, from a true poo artist. You know, like, if you're going to do some poo graffiti, oh, I hope Jesus. your paintbrush isn't your actual ass cheeks because that's just, like, a lot to walk out of that place with. And the thing that goes through a person's mind, like, my poo attacks were always vented at, like... A person or a thing or like an I, my, an ideal. There was always something to attack. It was never just like 
Why did you shit on her hood? Was there a reason? Oh, yeah, because she was getting her pussy ate while I was dating her. Oh, that's why. And then she told me after, so I dumped on her hood, you know? Like, I mean, what a thing to do. Like, she just never turned out to be a good gal. (laughs) Hooked up with her later, you know? Yeah. Not like we ever talked about it. It's not like, hey, that was some good pussy, and I shit on your hood this one time. (laughs) (laughs) That's really the test of true character. Will she have sex with me after I tell her and I pooed on her did. car? <laughs> yes, she did. I am definitely a god amongst men. How did I do that? That's some right. real true fucking con artist talking right there. Like, <laughs> right. You know, or it's just real whorism uh, when it comes down to God. I I have a wife, people. And I'm sorry yeah, if my wife. She's listening. totally gonna hear that. She she's, does. She does can't she know that story? Oh, you probably told her. I'm I probably sure, right? told her something. She will not be fucking. Surprise. <laughs> that. Oh, yeah, that's Andy. Yeah, she pooed. He pooed on me before, too. Yeah. He pooed on me before, too. We're into that scat. Speaking of poo. We got another one. No, we got another one. There's a couple. No, there's a bunch of screams and poops. Speaking, I got a scat story. All right, let's hear your uh, scat story. I got it. Not quite as extreme as yours, but I was having a party at my house once and. So Josh Moore, who we've uh, talked to that plays in Six Prong and uh, Recorruptor, drummer guy, he used to play in Summon, and he went overseas to play some shows and came back with this uh, VHS scat porn. And this was, you know, this was before the internet, mind you. No one's seen. The worst. See, that that shit does not work for me. I I don't have a problem with poop. but yeah. Yeah. Okay, keep going. So this, you know, this is before anybody's seen anything like this. Because I mean, nowadays, if you're if you're curious, you're gonna yes. go online and you're gonna look at something, and it's gonna probably disgust you, and you're not gonna look at it again. But whatever. Or your buddy's like, "Hey, look at this." But um, so Josh, <laughs> I'm having a little shindig at my house, and Josh comes over, and he just pops this fucking video in my VCR, hits play, and walks away. <laughs> So, and it's scat porn uh, that he had got overseas in Germany somewhere, and he just brought it back because he thought it was funny. That's an artistic yeah. form of self-expression yeah. and right so there. I got, I got people walking through my living room going, what the fuck? And uh, one of my buddies, uh, Jason, he just kind of sits down and right in front of the TV, and he's like, wow, this is cool. And he's just like sitting there watching it. Oh, I think that's a piece of ham. Oh, my bah, God. Bah, bah. Oh, my God. But, yeah, crazy story. It was pretty funny. Oh, pretty I've, funny. I've seen it. Came across the experience. I remember the two girls, one cup shit. Like, yeah, I never actually seen that. I heard no, about it. It's not it, good. None really of that's good. And like, yeah. poop's funny. It's not sexual. Yeah. I don't find it. It's, it's, it's disparaging. Yeah, it's you know? disgusting. It's just a form of the... Uh, spectrum. You know what's crazy about porn, if we're going to talk about crazy porn? the geography of all the porn and all the craziness and just like the tunnel of porn. Like you'll start on something <laughs> and you'll end up on fucking something like, right. It shouldn't be like that. Like I grew up where you literally would look at like JC Penny catalogs, right. of women in bras. Yeah. Like that was your yeah. excitement. Or you stole your dad's porn off. Yes. Yeah. And the porn always was like, Really old used porn right. and smelled funny. It was, it was always stored. from the seventies. Yes, yeah, it, it smelled never like made old sense. clothes or something. We got. I know, like Casey got this porn once. We shared it back and forth, and it had like <laughs> these really fucked up scenes, and it like dudes wearing diapers. 
Oh, Jesus. And this one where this aunt like blows her nephew. And I found that porn online. What? It's like oh, a vintage. Yeah, it's a vintage porn. <laughs> and it's the fucking funniest thing ever. She's like, <laughs> I don't even know. You'd have to find it. But it's just this like girl, this woman with a bomb. She's like, well, it's like, a, it's just a cock. You got to suck it, of course, or something like that. And she blows her nephew. And it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful weird. thing. Weird. No, it's weird. It's like, we've talked about how like porn isn't cleverly named anymore. It used to have like yeah. porn would come in a video and the video would be whatever hours long and it would have a theme and yeah. like some kind of bullshit and it would be cleverly produced. There would be a production team. But nowadays sure. it's like aunt fucks nephew or <laughs> or like incest. There's so much incest I porn online. I that too. What the fuck is wrong with people? Like I fucked my stepmom. What the fuck? Like yeah. that's not the fantasy I want at all. Like there's a lot of that. Up. Yes. It's, it's, it, it really does. You know, I, I heard something on the radio. It seemed as it was a GRD thing. They were talking about the same thing where they were like the number one, uh, uh, searched porn was, you know, um, mother's son or yes. what is that daddy about? daughter. And I was like, holy is fuck. It, is it from the sexual revolution and women watching porn? Are you women into like that kind of, is that your shit? Or do, you not, issues? do people not read what it's about? Because my categorization in the search of porn is very particular <laughs> like i got that shit down to a science i know how to use google motherfucker and i know like how these search engines work so when i'm looking for shit no i think it comes down to cuckold porn like that's the other thing it's either like yeah. incest porn or cuckold yeah. porn and yeah. it's like what is maybe that's like really what it comes down to right here in my hand is i wrote this cuckold porn fucking comedy routine did you? Yeah, I have it in my wallet. It's ridiculous. It's about why the world is the way it is right now, and it's because... Because of cuckold? Because of cuckold porn, yeah. <laughs> why white suburban wives should be in support of Trump making the suburbs safe again. So many white men can maintain a stiffy that election day has been renamed erection day. <laughs> and to suffice all cucks, he has asked them all to come out on erection day and poll watch. Let's say let's choose a president. That sounds like a song. Who can get hard by looking at blah blah? I don't even know. This shit doesn't this even like, make sense. This is a good punk rock song what is for it? you. Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Look at the man himself. Him and his beautiful young rent a bride. How about this? You convinced me she actually has had sex with him for pleasure, not <laughs> empirical inheritance. <laughs> And I'll drop my argument. <laughs> so this is all just like crazy. But the conspiracy was like, you know, like they were such in support of him is because like they're really bringing, keeping the black men off the street so they can come home and fuck their wives again. Sure. They can get hard again because white nationalism is popular. <laughs> and that gives them a reason to get their dick hard so they can stay home and fuck their wives. Boom. Sexual politics. Boom, people. It all comes down to that. But we were talking about some music earlier. We'll actually bring it back to music. And... I was looking at like what really influenced me and I was researching it and it comes down to like DIY and the DIY revolution and the expansion of like seventies, eighties punk, how it was really just grab hold of your balls and oh, do yeah. it. You know, sure. like they would find a spot to do it and they would do it. They didn't care about anything, but then people started cleaning up their act and getting a little better and getting better at what they do. And it came to bands like uh, Sonic Youth where they were so DIY that they wouldn't do things like they wouldn't sell t-shirts. Yeah. You know, like yeah, they yeah. didn't like, I 
their beliefs well. and their DIY aspects really crafted who they were as a band, but limited themselves because eventually yeah. the DIY punk scene in the 90s, after Epitaph pushed Smash and Green Day's Dookie, and they got commercial success. I didn't realize Epitaph did the Dookie too. Yes. Yep. If you really listen to a lot of those albums in that time between like 93 and 97, they all sound a lot of the same because of the Brett Gerwitz, who was the founder of Epitaph. Like you could hear his guitar playing yeah. and his song style in the music. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, that's a bad religion song. <laughs> totally a bad religion song. And that was like a problem when No Effects was recording with him. Um, because he would do now things. what uh, album did oh god they, do they did with, uh yeah. punk and drublick was okay. with epitaph and oh. that was probably one of their critically so that was maybe on. that was 94 so that is 93 is, or 94 is that like how many albums did they actually do with an actual label then with no effects yeah they that was their last with epitaph and then after that they went they on went yep he went yeah. and created fat red yeah. And yeah. he did his own shit because he wanted complete control because he would do things with Brett. He would come in and there he'd have like a solo that he recorded oh. guitar the night before. Oh, like oh, what do you guys think about this? He's like, motherfucker, <laughs> we don't want to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he wanted complete com- creative control of the stuff. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and it wonders how much like the influence he had in things like Dookie because Dookie outsold everything else. Yeah. It blew the fucking gates off it. Right. Compared to like some of the other music, and we talk about and that's odd because when I first heard Green Day, I really thought that Billy Joe sounded just like Fat Mike. I was yeah. I, I was honestly like a little disgusted. He, he by has it, an English. He has an English accent. I've always wondered why he chose that. You know, right. like why? But a lot of bands did back yeah. then. You know, it's it was kind of the thing. It was the thing. You know, yeah. but Fat Mike had his own thing. And a lot of people will say that Blink-182 and Green Day are like no effects light. Yeah. You know, and like... I, I would agree with that. And no effects is like the McDonald's of the punk world. Really, <laughs> yeah. is what they consider it. It's like, it's just, it's just fucking... It's, and it's funny, you know, it's, it's, it's a great time. I love that music because it's what it is and it's never tried to be anything that it isn't, you know? Mm-hmm. He still is continually writing songs yeah. to this day. And He's it, no different than it, it's he no was. It's no different. Yeah, it He's just sounds better. Yeah. It sounds better. Like yeah. they're getting better and better. At even the music. even the um, have you seen the recent YouTube videos where they're playing in yes. Mike's house? Yes, they're great. It sounds fucking yeah. phenomenal, yeah. dude. They're doing great. They're, they're just so. They're such a great live band. They it, put a bar they, on it. Yeah, it's it's insane. And it's a low are. bar. It's a very low bar. It really well, isn't that well, high performance. Well, and that's the thing is that it is low barred, but you know. Maybe from a technical aspect, but they just know each other so well, and yeah, the stage chemistry is yeah, like yeah, and it's it, they they keep their fucking their their fucking guitars are more in tune than any Metallica live show I've seen in my life. He's perceived as an asshole, though. A lot of people don't like Fat Mike. He's well, yeah, and I get that, but that does I don't I don't see it at all. I just think that's just being the front man of a punk band. No, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You is know, like, I get where other people would be like uh, off put by it a little bit, but it doesn't bother me. But at all. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all either. It's I it's, think it's just entertaining as fuck. It, it, when it comes down to people just being overly sensitive, <laughs> yes, you know, just yes. fucking chill out, dude. But in that time, you know, that was the music that was propelling me. And MTV was a different beast. It came off from like the '80s scourge of like girls, girls, girls. Right. You know, like fucking. Yeah monstrous hair metal bands. Yeah. And then came these guys, these wonderful thrash metal guys that kind of changed it. Right. 
You had to watch sense. Headbangers Ball. And- you know, like Metallica really broke through and brought a lot of that music that other people were trying to do, added the technical aspects, and just propelled it with the anger yeah. that it needed, you know, at that time. Yeah, for sure. You know, where yeah, other at that time it was a it was a very different thing. I can remember listening to my first um the reason why I bought a Metallica album and the first one I bought was in Injustice for All. I seen a kid on the bus and he had physically drawn a Metallica logo on the back of his jean jacket with a sweet commitment looking pus head skull <laughs> wannabe type thing. And I didn't even know how to pronounce it at the time. I was pronouncing it as Metallica. Ooh, <laughs> metal. Because I seen, cause I like I seen metal, and I was like, metal liquor. I was like, what, what the fuck is that? And I just bought the tape because of that jean jacket, you know. And I was scared. I heard that when I was ten years old, and I was literally scared by it. it what were you listening to before that, though? Uh, I was listening to um, ACDC. That's still pretty hard, you know. Oh, uh, Zeppelin. Shit yeah, like that. Zeppelin, shit like that. More just like contemporary Dude, rock and roll. I didn't really get into Led Zeppelin until I was 18 years old. Isn't that weird? Oh, yeah? That's the weird... Like, I heard Zeppelin. Yeah. But I didn't really like sit down and listen yeah. to I, Led Zeppelin. You know, I, and I didn't the either then. I would say that I didn't really appreciate as Zeppelin until I was in my 20s. Yes, least, I think it's like know. a 20s thing. But even yeah. then, I appreciated it. Then I quickly was like, that motherfucker's just noodling. Yeah. He's not really... He's going... I was really I was really big into Guns N' Roses, too, at that time. That's a way more structured style. Yeah, it was it was very dangerous for me. It was very... It wasn't like the hair bands, you know? Because there was hair bands, and uh, I never really got into a lot of hair bands. Um, it just kind of wasn't ever my thing. But, yeah, when Metallica, when I bought that album, uh, and Justice for All, I was like, fuck, this is fucked up. And I it, it scared me to the point where I liked it, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So, I saw, well, it explained, as I got older and listened to that, it explained the generation before me that were really into that and, like, Megadeth. Yeah. The people that really liked yeah. Megadeth were really into that thrash yeah. metal style. Like, yeah. they didn't like the new stuff. And, like, I was really coerced by the Black Album. But, you know, the best-selling metal album of all time is Master of Puppets. Is it? Third studio album released on March 3rd, 1986. Nice. Last album featured Cliff Burton on bass. Yep. Peaked at number 29 on the Billboard charts, certified six-time platinum in 2003 after wow. shipping six million copies across wow. the U.S. Holy That's a cow. lot of fucking shit. Yeah, I, I went backwards with Metallica. I went from Injustice for All to Master of Puppets and Ride of Lightning and Kill Em All. I think that's uh, the way to go. Yeah. Most and it, people like that. Yeah, and still to this day, you know, say what you want about Metallica, but still to this day, I mean... Even the black album to to say and I didn't really get into the load era, but even Saint I'm Anger. Like, I listened to load. I did listen. <coughs> give me feel, was it? Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me that much I desire. Yeah, Ooh, I could never yeah. get into that. I like I listened to that. it, like because I was so pumped off the black album. I remember being at the Rollerama, skating to fucking Enter Sandman so hard, right. so goddamn hard. That was the shit. Yeah. But it was grooved and yeah. slow. That catered to the new metal wave, dude. Yeah, the new metal sure. fucking came in and fouled that structure yeah, right there. Sure. It's like every corporate head that got hints of any aggressive band, they're like, hey, why don't we just slow it down a little bit? Right. That's what they were feeding. That Because right. that's what they fed to Metallica. Yeah. They're like, take what you're doing and let's 
slow it down and let's groove. Right. And let's build some melodies and structure right. into these. Well, songs. and not only that, even before the new metal movement, you had you know grunge and kind of Tool came out at the, at the same time. It was uh, there was a lot of groove and a lot of anger to a lot of that. I'd you like know. to know more about Tool's commercial success and their interactions with major labels. That's maybe a Maynard book will be my next choice. Yeah, you know, and there that that was kind of a a stint why they it took so long for them to come out with their last album was because there was a lot of lawsuits. I don't know everything about it, but I know there was a lot of lawsuits that was keeping them from releasing another album and that was part of the delay. What's your favorite tool album? Anima for sure. Yeah, that's in that great. I mean, the whole fucking dude, thing. That album was when it came out. I was listening to death metal hardcore at the time. Cannibal was all. I was all about Cannibal and Obituary and like Suffocation and a lot of that stuff because that all that was kind of new and I I really dug it. And then Tool came in, and it was it was just insanely different and progressive, and it reminded me of. 70s rock in a way with a new flair and i see six prong has a lot of tool influence not gonna lie yeah for sure just just in just in the construction of the albums yeah and always the the need to go for yeah. like it's not a, how do i want a concept right conceptual yeah. when releases. i've when i've written songs i've kind of used the tool tool aspect they're they're really good at writing long songs yes they are and the reason i think for that is sometimes maynard will take a hook that he sang to a completely different riff in the beginning that you remembered and he'll put it at the end and he'll be singing the same way to a completely different riff yeah, bring it back and around. it's bringing it back around yeah, i've kind of tried to use that in some of the six prongs are you a perfect circle fan yeah, I like Perfect Circle. I think Mare de Nome is probably one of his pinnacles of creation. I think that album is yeah. great. I didn't realize when I was a kid how emo that album really is. It's all about women. Every song <laughs> is a woman's name or something yeah. to do with a woman, yeah. you know? And I that's... No, I didn't. The girl that I lost my virginity to, that was her shit. Yeah. That was her shit. So, yeah. you know, that had to be my shit. I really got into 13 Steps. For, 13 Step was good. Yeah. That was like, people loved it, you know? Yeah. And that was... Oh, man. The music I came up on and the, the albums that really made a big difference. I would have to say another album, then you might have to agree, would be the, the Disturbed album that everybody had. See, I did not get into Disturbed. You didn't I, can, like I it? can't agree with that. Oh, no. man. No, I didn't. I still to this day do not. I loathe Disturbed. I cannot stand them. <laughs> uh, it's jack rock. It is like a jack rock. I, d- I just cannot stand his. I don't like his voice. And, oh, and a lot man. of people will come down on me. I don't like Iron Maiden. Okay. And because of his voice. I mean, I do appreciate Iron well, Maiden. Well, that's weird because you like Guns N' Roses, though. You like yeah, the to, high register. Yeah, but to me, uh, Axel sang in a much different way than Iron Maiden. His was more raspy, almost like... Iron was, Maiden's more to like, me, hey, why? Yeah, to me, like, to me, listening to Axel Rose sing was like listening to Janis Joplin sing. Okay. It was, there was a very... Uh, huge similarity in my eyes um it was very raspy and very raw and almost punk rockish in a way to me okay yeah it to, to me uh apparatic uh vocals i would see that yeah okay there's the Iron word Maiden, right there. yeah, yeah i, I can't get into that and that's kind of where disturbed touched me i was like this kind of sounds like iron maiden 
whatever and i don't i just i just i can't get into it you know no i i like the guitar riffs of it and his voice was hard for a lot of people but man was it like just a spark of something in a weird time of a I like bands with hard vocal influence. I really pick them on based on the vocalist. You know, and to be honest That's, with you, looking at some of Disturbed stuff, his lyrics are good. Yes. I do like his lyrics. I'll always pick a 10,000 fist in my ass. But, yeah, <laughs> but I can't. I horrible. just can't get in the whole vibe of it. Just, yeah, it, it was, it was a, a horrible time. Hey, do you know anything about Prince? Yeah, are you a Prince fan? I've been listening to some Prince here I and do there. like Prince. You know, yeah. he... Like when it comes to like DIY music, he's yeah. one of the kings of DIY yeah, music. Sure. You know, fucking he had thirty nine total studio studio albums. I four, did not know that four live 39. albums, nine compilation wow. albums, seventeen video albums, three posthumous albums. He has a uh, twelve albums under his own independent label. Wow. And he's sold over 100 million records in his career. Well, it's you would hear uh, from the Kevin Smith interview. He has recording he had excuse Ke- me kevin smith interviewed him uh, kevin smith actually did a film for him where he came and like was spraying on this whole film thing uh-huh. where he people would have to listen to a prince album and then he would go argue prince's religious jehovah witnesses points for him <laughs> in front of this audience well, because well, hold on a because he had saw kevin smith do one of his stand-ups oh. like a video of it and he's like oh he's really good at doing this so he nice. wanted him to come and like speak his jesus points and prince would watch <laughs> through like a teleprompter yeah. and like it all like accumulated to him eventually like losing control of the crowd uh-huh. and prince having to show up and leading it on his own and like playing <laughs> songs and stuff but princess was a hardcore jehovah witness yeah and um I did his, not know his that whole either. house was like wired up with sound. Like he could sit on the shitter uh-huh. and pick up a guitar and plug it in oh, and record, record the next fucking Prince That's album. Cool. Like cool. how DIY right. is that? Like he took it to a whole new level. He would play every instrument on the album. Yeah. You know, that's what really, that, yeah. that's where, that's what took me and was like, okay, I'm going to listen to it. Yeah. Not a fan of Purple Rain and shit like that. Right. I listened to like one of his newer albums and some of the yeah, fucking songs dude. are so good. They're like, they're, I agree. They're like hip hop songs that people aren't making, but I can tell people listen to them and steal. Well, it seems like good. too, there was a time uh, just before his death where he kind of got into the indie rock yep. type yep. phase where he had, he had a chick drummer and a chick bass player yeah, yeah. and then him playing. And I, I guess that's where my love for Prince came from is watching him play live. He's done some amazing things live, and he's an amazing guitar player. Yes, he can shred that fucking I don't, goddamn fiddle like a motherfucker. I don't know if he is in the, the guitar, or if he's in the Hall of Fame yet. He's one of the not rock and roll the, Hall. I don't fame? know if he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yet, but I was he, just there, but he is remember. one that needs to be because he he could do it. Yeah, everything. For sure. Like yeah, he did no, every kind of music there was ever invented. He did it all. It when they came, he's amazing. Well, it was the DIY aspect, and I was talking about DIY and just different kind of things. Like America has a huge fucking, huge vesting in DIY music since the beginning, but also a lot of stealing. You know, like American yeah. rock and roll really came from like R and B and blues yeah. came from the slave songs. Oh, I have a whole. I had a whole CD. I don't have it anymore, but I had a whole CD of, um, Led Zeppelin riff offs. Rip offs. So these were the actual songs that. Led Zeppelin had ripped off and made into their own songs. Yeah. There was uh, there was twelve songs there, 
you know and that was a thing then though it was was that they didn't look at it like that and the whole blues community they always shared things and um music then was a very different way of going about it you know people shared things they didn't care if you played the same you know blues scale riff to and sang it the same if your lyrics were different they didn't care well all music the early rock and roll was all derivative of itself i mean um, johnny be good right that was they took the 12 bar blues the pattern the box pattern and did something different with it that everybody led into what modern music is now it really is it's just an extenuation of that and all music within itself like bluegrass music in americana that stuff really just shines the same. I was talking earlier. A lot of metal musicians become bluegrass players, or bluegrass yeah. players get into metal because you ever heard of Billy Strings of the mix? Billy Strings. That sounds really familiar. That's what happened to him. Actually, he uh, is he a YouTube guy? No, no. He's okay. from actually Ionia, Michigan. And okay, I actually played with him at a venue up there in Ionia. Is when he played in a metal band. Yep, and it was early six prong shit. And yeah, I had a chick come over. And she was like, have you ever heard of Billy Strings? I was like, no, I never heard of him. And she's like, well, and she was from Ionia. And she was like, well, I used to, I grew up with him and you should check his shit out. And she, we pulled it up on the TV and I was like, holy fuck, sweet. And then <clears throat> another buddy of mine had said, had talked about his metal band and how we had that show together. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. I don't really remember him, but. Um, I remember the whole scenario and stuff like that, but dude, he's amazing. He's yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. It is the really you're rolling is crazy. Yeah, in bluegrass. It, yeah, it's really just straight up metal. What he's doing, it it, it's it's insane. You just change a couple of the notes. That's yeah. it. You know, you go from the major to the minor, and it's yeah. metal. And and not only that is like a, a lot of the bluegrass stuff. They're not using distortion. No. You can hide a lot of yeah. distortion. Yeah, she can. She can. I mean, there's straight up no no effects. It's just a guitar and a guy, and that's where it's at. When uh, no effects was trying out, we just said no effects. I was like, boom. Okay, when no effects was trying out for El Jefe, they made the guitar player play through a clean amp, no distortion. Nice. No nothing. Play it. Yeah. We want to hear the rhythm. Yep. We want to hear the... Bloop, 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 yeah. And that's how they did it, you know? Yeah. But he was like a very talented... El Jefe is an extremely talented yeah. guitar player that can outplay that whole yeah. band. And he plays the trumpet and yeah, everything. And he, yeah, he <laughs> does everything. He just kills it, you yeah, know? Like, he's great. It's it's weird. And, okay, we are talking about DIY music. We're talking about all sorts of stuff. Uh, early American music. I was looking up this shit, dude. Have you ever heard of Skiffle? No. Skiffle was this early European shoot off a of rock and roll that used guitar, homemade bass from like a tea chest, uh-huh. a wire, a broom handle, a zinc washboard, mm-hmm. thumb cymbals. And it was like a very popular thing that expressed throughout the 50s. And I tried to find like remnants of it and I can't find anything of it, like oh, actual really? sounds of it. And it sounded the a lot recordings? like like recordings of it. Yeah, they, they exist, but they don't. And like the only thing that was like a little bit similar would be like jug music. Like gotcha. people playing through it and like yeah. early bluegrass. And it was also borrowing and derivative of that slave songs and everything. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't much creation until we came to shit like the Beach Boys, Pet Sounds. Sure. And shit like that, you know, where like people were like pushing the electric sound and starting to do 
overdubs and like sampling from right. shit and like they started to get more more channels to work with in the yes, studio. Yeah, like a Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Hearts Club Band by the Beatles was one of the first albums where they took the ability to sit in studio and just layer music with yeah. horns right. and do just experiment. And that album is a great one. It's probably my favorite Beatles album. It's a lot of people like the White Album and this and that. A yeah. lot of people don't listen to the Beatles. My daughter just started asking about the Beatles, and I was yeah. like, it's great kids' music. <laughs> it is. That's what it is. It's just kids' music. They actually just released on YouTube a bunch of older um, live footage of them because I don't know if a lot of people know this, but he, they didn't play live a lot. They, no. There was very – in the 50s when they first came out, they did some, some live shows and stuff like that. But after that, they did, really didn't like touring. And they actually released, like, I think three or four albums without even touring. That's didn't beautiful. do anything. Didn't do shit. Well, that live. was the power of the billboard yeah. and the power of the record album, you know, the yep. album. Like, it all came down to the once – music really in that time wasn't about being good. Yeah. And it's sad to say yeah. it was yeah. about what sold and what was catchy and right. who had the power behind it because right. they paid for that placement. Right. They paid for those. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't about the live show then. No. Whereas you look at now, you know, you can't make Jack squat off of a recording. You have to go out and play live and that's where your money lies now. I, I don't think anybody's really pulling off recording. It no. can't be in the no. streaming society. No, it's 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 now it's become a, a tool to get your stuff out there. It's a way for somebody to listen to your stuff, and so when they come to the live show, they hear you and they they yes. they know what song you're, play, you're that playing. That is the one good that's thing. That's really is like the I tool. Can, it's become. That's the only thing I found good about it is if I see a band on like okay, uh, I'm going up to the pyramid scheme, and yeah. there's four bands and they're punk bands. Mm-hmm. I can go to their Spotify or Bandcamp, and I can hear them before I go <laughs> see the show. Right. So I can right. have an idea of what i'm listening to right. only takes 30 seconds of listening for me mm-hmm. to realize okay i i don't want to spoil it but i like the sound mm-hmm. but with fucking spotify and shit i was trying to find my notes on this but i knew that like the equivalent of listening comparative to old billboard like you would buy an album and that would rate as an album sale and an album listen sure or they would use the system through fucking god the tv system i can't even remember it oh can't even remember the name of it. Oh, it was on that Family Guy episode where they're like, oh, the, and he got all those boxes and made them all watch TV at the same time so he can control what TV was. Anyways, it was this whole system that would show what you were listening to at home and that would determine oh, the ratings in the charts. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember what it was called Anyways, either. yeah, bad note taking. <clears throat> but yeah. the sales off the records would determine the listens. Nowadays, Spotify, you have to listen to a whole album three times or four times before it registers that you listen to that album the whole oh, way through. Oh, really? It doesn't See, I'm not, register I'm not familiar listens. with Spotify. I still don't. I can't get into that Do you that pay yet. for Spotify? I don't pay for anything. No, I well, don't Well, I've heard do. people saying that they have to pay for Spotify to have their I've, band on there. Oh, yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, there's... um, So there's a couple different um ways of digital... Digital... Dis- distribution (laughs) so and there's only a couple of them that you have to go through it's like i think two tune core is one of them and there's a couple others and i can't remember what they are but they're they're basically they basically act as your record label okay where they will distribute it through all the well that's how anchor works for this yeah well anchor is i upload it to anchor and anchor distributes to all the streaming platforms yeah but 
they don't make you pay with podcasts because of the demand for it right oh, now. Oh, okay. They're like, give me, give me, give me a podcast. Rah, rah, rah. They would actually pay me if I record a commercial. Oh, cool. If I hit stop and was like, oh, go on Anchor. Blah, 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 <laughs> they'd pay me $15. Nice. And I get paid for every one of these, but yeah. I don't because right. what the fuck ever, you know? Waldorf yeah. should pay us some money because we talked yeah, about hey, Waldorf, Waldorf yeah. for a little bit. That was the <laughs> plug. Don't you see it? You get the listens. We get the drinks. <laughs> Free beer. That's all we want. But it's weird. You know, the billboard system was fucking started. The, bill, bill, the billboard and the I or RIAA, the Recording Industry Association of America. Mm-hmm. Okay, November 1st, 19, 1894. 1894. 1894 billboard was created. Wow. 126 years ago. Is wow. That what it is? Holy shit. Wow. I had no idea. It was idea. a magazine from Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, so it was a magazine. Yeah, first. can you spell Cincinnati? No. C I N N I C A T T E. It's fucking, it's a hard, it's like Illuminati. C I N C I N N A. T-I. <laughs> the billboard is a boring conglomerate focused on profit evaluation in conjunction of record investment. So, you know, they're just seeing what bands they put money into actually will bring them profit. Oh, is that how it works? That's how it started working. Yeah, I have no idea They were just evaluating works. that whole understanding of it. And uh, the, RIA, the RIAA, the Recording Industry Association of America, created 65 years ago in 1952, and their main function seems to be developing ways for record companies and themselves to steal from the artist while also rewarding the artist for sales and determining how much... Oh, the awards are how the awards are quantified. They're oh. basically they developed like the standard of quantification, right. saying that Say you you're gotta, worth this. You have to sell five hundred thousand. Yep. And this to is what gold. We'll, this is what you're worth. Yeah. And this is what we're gonna. They developed that to back up the billboard. You know, they kind of oh. there was two companies that came together to kind of determine wealth of the music, and they're the forefront of the copyrights lawsuits and standard and practices within the music industry. So back in the day, when like people would actually go to shows uh-huh. and would say you can't play cover songs yeah you would get sued those are the people that did that oh. and they did it on behalf of the record companies and they oh. would get you know here's money for doing i know do. that when um i know you have to pay residuals yes you're supposed to, to the union the musicians union of some kind i can't see i haven't figured it was. i would yeah. oh it's oh it's bbc or bcb or bbc and the other one, IRSA, I can't remember, but they have to, to, like, if you have a jukebox in your facility, okay, yep, yep, you have to yep, pay, that's right there. You have to be a member of this. And I know that if you had cover bands come in, you would have to be a member yep. and pay your dues. And that's that. why I like venues like CBGB's was um, originals exclusively. Oh, you okay. weren't allowed to come in and play because they didn't pay that. Uh, capital yes, and thanks yes. it's even extended to nowadays where like the skate park in battle creek that we talked about yeah. they can't play music there because they don't pay rights right to whoever yeah to even play the yeah, radio i can't remember what that was what organization that was but it's probably these motherfuckers because they're these are the people that spearheaded the movement to end like music sharing you know and they were the beginning of like they were the people that yeah he's got a pee I'll talk a little bit. They're the people that backed Metallica and their bullshit when they started suing for music rights. And um, in the beginning, many shared platforms and even legitimate streaming outlets, including satellite radio, they all jumped on it. 
Since 2001, they have spent $6 million annually on lobbying interests in the United States. Their official stance and purpose of the RIAA is to protect intellectual property rights and the First Amendment rights of artists, while also performing research about the music industry and also monitor and review relevant laws, regulations, and policies. So the, this, this fucking whole little IRAA is a group of a bunch of assholes that determine what your music's worth, how it should be regulated, how it should be taxed, what you should be paid for it, and everything that goes into the bullshit. And it only sits right up next to the fucking warm glow of the FCC, which also has so many fucking problems, you know? And, like, in the 90s, I remember when I first saw a parental advisory, explosive lyrics. Yeah. And that came from, like, the satanic panic which is a yeah. horrible thing. Did you know that baby shaking syndrome isn't real? What? It's not a real thing. I think it is. No, there's studies that say it's not a real thing. Dude, I think that if you shake a baby... Yeah, it's not a good the, thing to shake a baby. The, the brain is so very oh, fragile. Man. I'll have to look up, but there's, That's where there's the like whole, a whole don't thing. Don't drop your baby thing comes I know, from. but there's like a thing that, that ties in with the satanic panic where the baby shaking shit was just a propaganda ploy. Well, I'm sure that there it was used as propaganda remember. at some point. One of point. the podcasts I listen to, they always say that the baby shaking isn't a real thing. Well, like, I, I mean... High, I mean, I'm not going to ever well, shake my fucking baby. Uh, no. But I just don't believe... I, th- I think that what you're getting at is maybe the propaganda that was involved in it to... I think if you're violently enough to shake your baby to where it would cause it brain damage, you're going to kill it. Right. Well, that's the bottom line right there. I think if you drop a baby on its head when they're young, yeah, I think that something might come from that. I don't know. I've had my I had my first my second daughter roll off the bed one time and yeah. land on the floor, and it was the most horrific thing I ever went through. I was so sad, but she's I know, cool, isn't dude. it crazy? She's fucking cool as shit. You good. Know? She bounced yeah, straight good. back. She's a little fucking asshole, good. tearing shit up. But we were talking about the music industry and all sorts of bullshit. You know, all those organizations and stuff. Really, it doesn't. When it comes to a band, do you give a fuck about any of that? No. No. No, no one does. It doesn't matter, and that's the All problem. All you're worried about is getting that music. Well, there some people actually nowadays make a living off music. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a crazy thing to think. No. Really? No. I don't even know how they do it nowadays because there is no standard of practices. There is no pathway like there used to be. There is no jump on what label even is buzzing anymore? Right. You know, is Capital yeah, even pushing out something that's any good? Right, we don't know. Nobody we knows. It all it. comes down to what the YouTube is pushing at you, and that's a whole different algorithm, yeah. and that's a whole different set of people getting money in. So the future of DIY music is beautiful and glorious, sure. yeah. but it is also just tainted with exploitation. Yeah, it's it's a hard thing to try to do yourself. It there is a lot of red tape. And I I, you know, give props to people like Fat Mike for instance who has made their own record label cuz there is a lot of red tape to get through. There's a lot of ways to figure out how to get paid. Um it's, you have to have a whole team. Yeah, there's a whole yeah, there's a whole plugging. thing involved. Yeah, you there's a lot of associations you need to be a part of, a lot of different, um, like like I said, the musicians union. You got to be a part of that. There's all these different things you need to be a part of to protect your your income to get paid for certain things, and um, it's it's a lot of work. What have you found in being a musician? 
that is really the most important lesson in it all nowadays? Is it to stay current and on top and keep pushing think, and keep uh, working? Or is it to just focus on the craft and not yeah, care about that? Yeah, I think, I think what it comes down to is just being yourself and yeah. trying to stay true to what you like. And I think that the rest would usually follow. Um from that um, it's really hard nowadays because there's so much music in yeah. it and i myself have found like just looking at my exploration through taste like yeah. i love this and i like that and i like this i used to love hip-hop but i don't listen to much hip-hop at all anymore right yeah. now like i'm way more interested to hear what the new rock is yeah. and it's disappointing right but I'm finding some finding some good stuff, but it's so I, hard. I think I think it's just about I think the, uh, you know whether it's it, whether it's 1970 or 80 or 2013 or 2030, you know the thing that's gonna always shine through is a good song. Yeah. You know, bottom line, there's always gonna be a good song that's gonna grab a whole bunch of people, and for you to get that good song that's the only problem now is for you to get that good song you have to weave your way through a bunch of shit to get (laughs) (laughs) that good song to other people but it it happens i mean you know look at you know billy eilish is a good example you know of of a diy person who just put their stuff on soundcloud and the song shined through it it projected with a bunch of other people And she was able to use that as a stepping stone to get more of her product out there for people. And she was able to do it in a, in a way with people that knew how to do it after that, you know, Billy Ellis is uh, up as a contender for song of the year prediction. Yeah. Um, I mean, that music's great. I, it's really weird because when I was younger, I didn't like female singers. Oh really? I was weird against it. I I would rather listen to a, a a male trying to sing like a female than a female letting go. Isn't like it? Rush. <laughs> yes. You yes. know when I first heard Rush, I thought, thought he was, was a, a girl. Yeah, I thought like, it was a girl. Or a Coheed is another example. Like uh, he sounds exactly God, like a girl. Stand I mean, it's just like I like I've always liked the guys that sound like girls, but yeah. now I fucking dude, Purity Ring is one of my favorites, and it's a girl guy duo, and he just makes electronic music and she sings and uh-huh. it's fucking great dude yeah. it's like they're doing stuff that's like blowing my mind yeah. you know and i never would have thought that i would like that shit right now the grammys this year are going to be crazy i mean everything's all split up because of covid right it's going to be like broadcasted from all sorts of different areas oh they're going to split it all up yes and it's going to be just probably like a copy paste fucking mess yeah i mean how do you man how do you do a grammy show after a year like this i don't know it's that's well there's weird. more music out there I know, but you know, you gotta have. There's but gotta there's be no some show. factor of liveness, something. Yeah, in there, you can't just have. We're gonna base the Grammys on uh, uh, digital downloads, and that's <laughs> all they're basing you know. it off. I mean, the radio is trying. I mean, GRD pretty uh, premieres new songs. Yeah, you know, yeah. and like I'll hear new shit, but that's the same funnel of corp. That's corporate America, corporate music having their last little bit of fucking influence true. that Very they could possibly have in the end days of it. Because, you know, dealing with my father-in-law, 
fucking works in radio and I'm watching it. They're replacing everything to automation and everything's coming mm-hmm. from remote. Eventually right. the radio will be me and you. Right. Syndicated through pre-recorded yeah everything they'll just take chunks of what they want to hear yeah. and blah 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 and paste yeah. it all together like because they'll own it because we all go through the same fucking yeah. website you know yeah and it's sad to say but it could be good for a lot of our careers and good for everybody this is not a career for me i'm just a drunk and i have a good this is, time this is i'm hoping this will be mine yeah it, i think it's good for both of us <laughs> but this year I'm for the grammys it doesn't yeah. look do a loopa do a loopy is like everything i see on here and Fucking nothing. Mariah Carey. Do a loop. I don't know anything about that. Like, I was trying to check out some earlier music with Scotty, and, like, we had to go look it up, and it was all a problem. Hey, hey do you know, uh, what's up with the weekend guy? What weekend guy? Oh, Did I don't he know. have, like, plastic surgery? Because I don't know the whole, whole I don't know anything about that. the weekend. I liked his first <coughs> album. It was very good. There was that one song. Yeah, I only that, fuck you. Of him blah, being blah, 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 in blah, blah. Vegas or whatever, the video. And then there was a... Another one that he came out and his face looked all weird, like he had plastic surgery or something. And then I seen some article on Facebook, but I didn't read it because I was too lazy. And I just seen him with his face all wrapped up and I didn't know why. Probably had some fucking plastic surgery. Does that surprise you? I mean, they all do. No, it doesn't. But he looks fucking hideous now. He looks gross. They all look fucking gross, man. Like, it's just, there ain't no fucking weird fucking kid serum that's made of fucking adrenal gland bullshit it's right. fucking plastic surgery out there being put on all these old fucking motherfuckers faces i see it everywhere but no i didn't know much about what's going on with anything outside of uh there is some good music coming up still waiting on a new metallica album that they're recording through zoom so i can make fun of it because it's just too much fun they're recording the new yeah it's all it well zoom? it's all it's all being written through the zoom recordings oh, okay and then they'll record and you know, really following those social distancing things. But there's not too much going on outside of that. If we want to talk about something really crazy and, like, what's going on, I heard it on Bob Town, everybody's going crazy about what's going on with Bam, Bam losing his mind. But I did notice one thing. Is he's yeah, I seen a little thing from, somebody posted something from TikTok. Yeah, it's, it's just bullshit. He, I think he just likes to fucking... Is he fucking with everybody? I think he fucks with everybody. Who cares if he wants to do drugs? That's my bottom line. I do not yeah. care if Bam Margera wants to do drugs or why he does them. Yeah, I don't give a fuck okay. either. He, but he's like boycotting Jackass, the new Jackass. Bam is? Yep, like he keeps posting things. Fuck Jackass 4. I'm going to make my own movie, blah, blah, blah. So he's probably just going through Yeah, because uh, the, the money thing that I seen was him saying about he's manic depressive because he's been waiting for a call from the Jackass thing, and that's all I heard. Yeah, it's just all. I don't believe or buy into all of it. I just see it. And everyone, I follow him because every once in a while, like, there's this picture of him showing his dick that I found <laughs> on the storyline, and I yeah. fucking screenshotted that bitch. And I got a picture of his dick on my phone that I send to people randomly. I just said him. It is him huge and fat <laughs> with his face all tied up and yeah. shit and him pulling his dick out. And it's fucking <laughs> great. That's the main reason I'm on all that shit. That's the way for people to slip so I can screenshot it and keep it forever so I can I see you. I got something on you, motherfucker. Like, ah, I seen your penis. And people love it when I send it to them. Like, nice. I've never had a single person be like, oh, why'd you send that? They're all like, that's fucking amazing. Well, thank you for not sending <laughs> the <penises>. Oh, <laughs> the penis things that I've done. Uh, it's a great life we live. But, you know, we talked about some shit. We did some shit. We've had some beers. And yeah. we'll wrap it up for tonight. I know that we, I have some people lined up coming. Everybody, stay patient. Yeah, we're looking at getting, um, 
I'm going to look at into getting Jeremy and Mike Mude from the band Deranged, who That'd be nice. was kind of an OG around Hastings for the punk thrash type movement type thing. It was cool. They're doing a lot of Zoom stuff right now, yep. actually, that they just re- released on, on uh, YouTube, which is very exciting. Yeah, uh, you showed me, me some of it, see, yeah. and it was great, and something that I don't even know about, and that probably is a lot of the music that I listen to and the inspiration of the bands, they probably came from yeah, exactly. seeing that yeah. band, yep. guarantee. You know, yeah. like Candid Avenue mm-hmm. and fucking the Isaac Hayes. Like, those yeah. cats, they they heard it, they seen it. Yep. And it's more, you know, seeing what created the music scene in this area and how it spread, because what happened in this small town in Hastings in America is no different than what happened in a town that's 30 miles away or 3,000 miles away, and hopefully across the world, you know? Exactly. Like, I read more and more about these indigenous bands and these bands. That shit's the most interesting to me. Like, even when I'm, like, dealing with skateboarding, you know what the most interesting thing in skateboarding is to me? Wow. Female skateboarders. Yeah. Because I can't belong. Yeah. Has nothing to do with me. Right. <laughs> I just have no say. Like, that's your thing, and that's super fucking cool. It, like, drives me nuts. And there's a female skateboarder that I'm hoping to line up to get on here that we'll hot. talk to. And even more, you know, like, we'll jump into what, you know that I like all that. Oh, my buddy Andy. I'm going to call you out right now there, Andy. Makes films, makes movies. He just put out his VHS uh, Ultra Chicken. You VHS. can buy it. It's a VHS. Yes, it's a micro-budget film. And he's been doing more. He's shot music videos with people all across Grand Rapids, across Michigan, across the world, worked on small feature films. Another cat that's going to come in and chat with us. Just where we see this going and the fun that we'll have. But tonight was a night where me and Nick could sit and let you get to know us and have some some beers and uh, take the time to make something great out of something little, you know? Yeah. Might have been a cancellation, but it was a good talk, as always. For sure. And, you know, Metallica always always comes up, man. Because I gotta have this hatred <laughs> for him. It's really just a pick on it. Same with like talking about. Do no you want me to teach us. you some Metallica songs? I'll have to learn a couple. When I buy this ESP, <coughs> I have to learn a Metallica song, yeah, or I, I can't to. own the guitar. Yeah, that's the one thing. That's the one thing that comes down to it. That should be an episode and all. Is buying a new guitar one hundred and one. Yeah. What you should get into when thinking about buying a new guitar and the stress. Because, like I told Nick, this I have three children, but and I'm married. But buying a new guitar is probably the hardest decision I've ever made in my life. <laughs> Especially it's, nowadays because oh you can't man. just go to the music store and play something that you no. really like. You, no. You're going to find something that you love on the internet, but you can't play it yeah. first. Well, you can, well, I, that's why I was talking with Sweetwater. I was like, so can I get this motherfucking thing and play it and send it back? And they're like, you got 30 days. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And Sweetwater is the shit, dude. That's who I'm going to They have amazing go customer service. Yes, they do. They're, they're the fact that they email store. me after buying something else. Hey, maybe we should make to, a road trip down to Fort Wayne one of these days. Is that where they're out of? Indiana? The, there's a, they're, they're, Wayne, that's Indiana? the nearest store to here is well, Fort Wayne. Be, oh, they have a store. They probably yeah. have everything. It's huge. They probably have everything, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's probably where everything that we would order would come from anyways. Yeah, it probably straight would. Straight there. Yeah, yeah. That would be a good idea because like you said their, self, their customer service is great. They message me asking if I need to know how to set up my audio interface from beginning to start. Yeah, yeah. And they mult- it's like, hey, how are you doing? I still get calls from, I bought uh, Pro Tools 11 off them yep. after having 8 for so long. And I bought 11 off them and 
I still get calls saying, how's the Pro Tools 11 going? Do you yeah, want to upgrade? Or, yeah. uh, do you need they're any help too, with it? They're never too yeah. pushy, though. No, they're always yeah. just like, it's how's really it going? You know? Yeah, it's like, wow. I call them to talk about Thanks. buying a new guitar, and I told them I'd like to buy from you guys because of your customer service. And this is what I want, and this is what I'm looking at. And mm-hmm. I'm not buying today, but let's talk for 30 minutes. Right. And the yeah. motherfucker talked to me for 30 minutes. Yeah. And I came away. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I see what I want yeah, now. Cool. Like, thank you for the time. But... Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. And everybody, thank you for listening. Have a good night and drink up. Adios.